Yo, I put it like wow. This that sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bayo bam. Stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tow. I'll make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show. Show, 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 show. Premier League's back. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, what a week. What a weekend. What a weekend. All right. So I'm going to reintroduce my favorite uh, segment uh, where I was right, where I was wrong. So I'll do that every Monday show um, in review uh, from the weekend. So obviously, you know, because I'm such an honest bloke, I like to say where I was right, where I was wrong. So. Those who haven't listened to the podcast before, when I did do this, it's, it's easily my favorite thing to put together, is I'll make predictions, sometimes on the podcast, not on the podcast, on social media, MKT Inspires. And then, you know, I like to keep it real. Got to keep it real with the listeners, you know? Um, you know, people are calling me Mr. Integrity um, as I walk through the streets. Um, the women and children yell, Mr. Integrity, Mr. Integrity. And then I go, settle down, women and children. Settle down. That's um, that's how it goes. So, tell you every Monday where I was right, where I was wrong. That'll happen for the season, by the way. And you know what? Maybe people say, hey, that's crap. Get it off the show. Then I won't do it anymore. But I enjoy doing it. So, for now, uh, we'll start off with that. And then I'll talk Harry Kane. Obviously, it is the news. It is the news. Boy, oh boy. It is the news. Harry Kane. Guten Tag, Harry. Auf Wiedersehen. Man's off to Bavaria. Yeah, it's a, it's a different place, Bavaria. Um, spoken about it on the podcast before, but my dad lived in Stuttgart um, for between seven and eight years. He was up and down in that last year. But he, yeah, Bavarians are... Very, very interesting people. If you've been to Germany, um, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> they, are, they are something else. So they'll tell you there's Bavaria and there's the rest of Germany. So interesting. And, and München in particular. Hell of a place. Down south, though, uh, some of the best childhood memories of my life. Going on holiday to Stuttgart, uh, the Black Forest, uh, where I learned to snowboard. A lot of people always say, Oh, but you're a black guy. How come you can snowboard? I say, bro, my dad lived in Finland and Germany when I was younger. What the shitting hell was I supposed to do in the holidays? And, and I'm a very hyperactive person. So I really do struggle to sit still. And I was even worse as a child, you know. Jeez. And my dad's quite a stoic sort of office guy. So it was, I think, a pleasure for him because I was literally ice fishing and just doing whatever I could. And then eventually... I learned how to snowboard from a, a young girl who, yeah, we stayed in touch, actually. She taught me how to snowboard in the Black Forest. Interesting story. Maybe not an interesting story, but it's just my life. But Bavaria, good luck, Harry. Good luck out there, son. Um, food's different. They are different. Germany's different. You, you know, I think a lot of people look at Europe, and some people have been there, some people are not. But we only ever see the cities. Is Europeans are quite rural, 
And I don't think South Africans, or let me not say South Africans, people around the world don't know this because they don't show you the Midlands and the coal country and, you know, but largely Germany is a very rural parochial place. Um, England, very rural parochial uh, villages. They, They really are a bunch of rural people who don't leave, by the way. They do not leave their area. So they are very uncomfortable with anything that isn't from where they are. Now, Munich is unique, particularly the city, but it is unique to Europe. You know, the cities of Europe, these these large metropolis cities that we all see through the lens of the media is not how Europe is. Believe you me, like my mother lived in Switzerland for six years. I know it well. You know, Germany, I mean, Germany is crazy. They, they are, but Spain, it's the same, you know. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Um, I guess he's, uh, he's just, he's from North London. He's every inning. He could be, he'd do a while. So good luck to Harry Kane. But I'll talk about that and um, let you know what I think about him at MKT Inspires. Otherwise, MKT at the MKT show would love more mailbag questions. Um, there was some feedback to, the guy who was in a bit of a sitch where he was with his friend and the friend liked him, but he didn't like her back and it was causing some tension. There was some good feedback to that. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the guy's name is and I'm not going to reply to you. I'm not going to ask the guy how it's going. That's crazy. That's not why I do this. If people ask, I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. You know, this is people's real lives by the way this is i'm not doing an auntie sue thing i'm gonna tell you how i would do it now as a 37 year old you know and if you're 24 and you ask it's i'm looking at it from somebody who believe you me i don't like it when people are on public platforms and this is what sucks about mainstream media and i think it's losing a lot of its luster right hey not to say i would never work on mainstream media they have lots of money um, if they paid me the right amount, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a sellout. Like I don't come from a generationally wealthy family. You know, <laughs> I will sell out. By the way, so if somebody wants to pay me, I don't know, five million rand a year to just tow the corporate line. No worries. I'm in. You know, I, I am a sellout. I'm not going to pretend to. I, I, I'm not keep it real, guy. I've never understood what is keeping it real. You, you, you know, it's like when a musician makes music. And I'll be honest, I do say this, but when they make music, right, and they and then they go and make commercial music. Now, I don't listen to commercial music. I refuse. I haven't listened to the radio, I think, since 2008. But I want artists to sell out. I hate it when people on Twitter and TikTok are telling people not to take $50 million in a deal or whatever it is because they're a sellout. I'm like, that's the point. You're supposed to make that cool first album, cool second album, and then get the deal. Like, and because I come from a poor family, largely, like my father and mother managed to, I don't know, like these people are superheroes. They just work their tails off. But I come from a poor family. So I know the stigma of keep it real. My mom and dad have always been clear about that. Don't keep it real. Sell out. Change your life. (laughs) Like sell out. I'm a sellout. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to be around people that are negative and things are going badly and keep spiraling with them, sell out. I'm all about selling out. Like if you come from a tough family, you know, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but sell out. Get around some 
driven, successful people that are going to open your eyes to the world. You know, if you've never met someone from a different race, a different culture, a different religion, and your family wants to keep your life small and you're an ambitious person and you're academically gifted, get out of there. Apply for your, I don't know, scholarship and whatever you can do. Is get scrap and get the hell out of there. Be a sellout. I tell anyone like anyone who's poor, right? Because I come from a poor family, so poverty doesn't shock me. Sell out. I'm all about selling out. I'm all about it. Be a sellout. It's 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 the right thing to do. Being a, a sellout in that sense of not keeping it real on the streets is the right thing to do. Can't stand people that want to keep uh, people held down. So if you're out there and you're maybe having these struggles, we'll talk about it just now. Be a sellout. You, you want to be successful. You want to be as worldly as possible. You have one go around this planet. Meet someone. Meet someone from a different race. Meet someone from a, a different country. Meet someone... Meet someone who who will shatter your beliefs, you know? Like, don't hold your beliefs to be precious. You know? Like, I'm not religious. You're not Jesus Christ. Get over yourself, you know? And by the way, most people are nice. You know, the world tries to tell us everyone's racist or everyone's sexist. No, it's impossible. By the way, there are more people alive today, right, that have ever died. There are more people alive on this planet. If life was that bad, there is no way 8 billion people are going to be alive at the same time. And that's a real stat, by the way. I, I'm not making that up. That, like, I've known that for a long time. There are more people alive today than have ever died in the history of mankind. Think about how exceptional and, relatively speaking, how well we have to get along in order for that, that to happen. Yeah, so be a sellout, you know? Again, meet people that aren't from your small world. You know, like my mom's quite good at this. You know, she's she says, and we joke about it, my mom. But my parents are from rural South Africa, right? They they did well academically, um, but they're rural South Africans. And my mom always encourages us to travel because she knows, and she actively knows herself. She calls herself a rural person is she knows her thinking is small, although she has worked around the world. So she wants us to get out and has always encouraged that. So, you know, again, it's just the way I look at the world. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying it's a very fulfilling life. Not sure how we got here. But anywho, speaking of somewhere different um, and selling out, I'm going to start the show off here. Um, Northern Hemisphere rugby is getting too loud for my liking. Where where did we who decided that Northern Hemisphere rugby is on the same level as as South African, New Zealand and Australian rugby, right? In nine World Cups, they have won. Why do people give France and Ireland and Scotland and these countries respect? Like I've been hearing. Listen, I'm 37. I've been watching rugby basically since I was six, properly since I was seven. So basically 30 years, for three decades, I've heard England and the British Lions and France and 30 years. Do you know how long that is? Work it out yourself. I've been alive for seven World Cups, basically. (laughs) You know what I mean? I, I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing? 
absolute madness. Out of nine, they have won. We're heading to the 10th one in France now, which I'll be at if you live in Paris. Slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. I'll, I'll give you a shout out. Maybe we hang out. Have a croissant. I'll, I'll eat a croissant. I train very hard. I can, I can have a croissant. But I don't get this France are going to beat the All Blacks or South Africa. Like, why are people saying this? Why are we making up rivalries? We don't have to. Like, and <laughs> I, I like Northern Hemisphere Rugby Twitter because they get very touchy. You know, when like Southern Hemisphere people point out like, no, in an all-time 15, there are zero Northern Hemisphere Rugby players in there. The All Blacks have three World Cups. The Springboks have three World Cups. Australia have two World Cups. England have one, and that is the only one from the Northern Hemisphere. Why are we respecting them? Why are we even? Why is it a conversation between every World Cup? Is it, is it just to drive marketing and, and so that people will watch? It's like, no, no, no. We'll watch. We'll watch. Don't worry about it. Rugby is a great game. We'll watch anyway. Just keep it real. You know? We're not idiots. I, I have no respect for the Northern Hemisphere Rugby. Northern Hemisphere Rugby is B-grade. All of it. Uh, people are telling me about and DuPont being the best rugby player in the world. Think about it like this. In, boxing's got quite a nice unwritten rule. All right? Is in order to beat the champ, you've got to demolish the champ. What has DuPont done in the last five years, right, that says he's better than Aaron Smith? Number one, he doesn't pass off the base. He does a double-step pass off the base. It makes me sick for a scrum off. Hate that. Hate that. By the way, pass off the deck. Furuda Priya passes off the deck. But he's playing well, no doubt. Listen, Dupont, he's a good player. He's feisty. He's a leader. Um, You know, they clearly love him. But he's not better than Aaron Smith. Name one part of his game. Aaron Smith has a world-class box kick. The best pass off the deck. Currently, Furu Dupree is the greatest scrum half of all time. Get that strike right immediately. Let's not even have that conversation. But Aaron Smith won two World Cups in a row. So I'm not understanding what people have seen for Anton Dupont to displace Aaron Smith. Now, maybe you don't like Aaron Smith for what he did. Cheated on his girlfriend. Like, whatever. I, like, I, I'm over that. The world's not perfect. Why do we respect Northern Hemisphere rugby at all? Listen, I'm happy for them. They'll, they can watch it, but they have all the resources with with empirical history, right? Um, they've got a sort of, I don't know, metropolitan, uh, genetically divergent populace as well, right? Like the English have black guys, Nigerian guys, white guys, you, you know, Germanic, uh, uh, Scandinavian, you know, because of their history. So there's a there's a nice mix genetically for them to have. A different, like a variety of athletes, and they have resources, and they have systems, and they have money, and they have marketing, and they have it all. But it's not their thing. One thing we have to admit about the Northern Hemisphere teams: it's not your thing, because they try and steal our players. You've seen, you, you've got Van Skokvikes, or I mean, I'm just making up a surname, playing for Scotland, and Duan van der is there now. I forget who your homeboy is who played for Ireland, who they think is a legend at. Uh, blindside flank it'll come to me now but anyway like he's not even worthy of being mentioned as a blindside flank in South African history but they think he in Ireland they're like oh my god it's the second coming of Jesus Christ and he's 
What are we doing? So I just wanted to shut that down. Or, or, you know what, slide in the DMs. Am I crazy for not respecting Northern Hemisphere rugby? Because every sort of, for the last three World Cups, all I've ever heard is, yeah, bruh, yeah, but France, eh? Yeah, but Ireland, eh? Yeah, bruh. <laughs> New Zealand, shut that down. Like, shut that down immediately. We don't need to hear it. Like, come on, guys. What are we doing? In fact, I've heard that since 99. Australia, shut that down immediately. <laughs> shut that down immediately. George Gregan and those guys aren't having it. They're not having it. France with Dominici and, you know, Saint-André was there. Or Saint-André was 95. But you, you know what I'm saying. You, you know, the son of um, of a great French inside center, Intermark, is now the fly-off, right? He played 95 and 99. Remember, in 99, they had Dominici and, and that whole team, Olivier Magne. Remember that? And they just thought, the, uh, the current coach, who's uh, he's hysterical. So he was the scrum half for the 99 team. Uh, the great Serge Betsen, I think, was 2003. I don't think he was in the 99 team. So I've heard France... You know, but what are we doing? They're not those guys. They're not those guys. So just want to shut that down. It's nonsense. Um, just a quick one on the Premier League record. Right? I've I've been seeing people on social media all of a sudden. You know how it goes. Harry Kane leaves. Um, it is important that we draw a line between the Premier League and the history of British football. Right? Nobody's saying the old era is worse. Right? What we are saying is the Premier League is a different competition because then it went international and clearly it's of a higher standard because now you've got the best Uruguayans, Ecuadorians, South Africans, Nigerians, Englishmen, Scotsmen, you know, Italians. Whereas up until 1990, it was basically just guys from England and the Republic of Ireland or the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland. Sorry, if you can't make the logical connection as to why it would be better when you can have the best Argentine, the best Italians, you know, in your league now, why, why that's a different competition, I think that's silly. So nobody's ever said Alan Shearer is the top uh, scorer in English football history. Nobody's ever said that. He's the top Premier League scorer. And that is a separate achievement from the great Jimmy Greaves. Both are great, but the Alan Shearer thing is incredible, by the way. And and Harry Kane being mentioned for that, it is an incredible record because he's competing against the world and not just Jimmy from Wales. So that it's weird. It's weird when that happens. Like the, the past is great. Nobody is cancelling that, but it is important, 1992, to delineate um, between that and first division. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. I hate it when people say the Premier League is just the first division, which is why we count the titles from the past. So nobody's saying it's worse or we're not erasing the past, but it is a different competition, right? There was the BlackBerry, right? And then there was Nokia. And now if you don't have a Samsung or an iPhone, you're a joke. They're all cell phones. No, nobody's saying the Nokia wasn't great in its time. Shout out 6210. Uh, best. The first time I had a 6210i, uh, that was the one, by the way, with the infrared. 
because as I mentioned, my dad lived in Finland. So I was one of the first, I, I was the first person I ever saw with a 6210i, by the way. Um, and remember you could play snake and go through the wall. It was the first phone where you could go through the wall. Shout out to the 6210i. It was an incredible phone, incredible phone. Uh, inherited it from my dad. Um, but yeah, like that's, you know, they're all phones. Nobody's saying the Nokia gets erased. The Nokia was great in its time, right? The Ericsson was great in its time. But now, don't be a joke. You, you get a Samsung or get an iPhone. Otherwise, what are you doing? What are we doing here? So it is important. And the Premier League record is an important record on its own. The great Jimmy Greaves is the great Jimmy. He is great, by the way. Those guys are great. But Alan Shearer is great in the Premier League era. The greatest era in, in British football history. From 1992 to the present day is the highest level of competition because it's not Maguellen. Just Maguellen and McGeechan and O'Kearns and O'Mulligan. It's everyone now. You've got Valdez, you've got um, Tim Kulu, you've got, you know, Arisabalaha. So, come on, man. Come on. It matters. Premier League record matters. Shearer is a legend. Not the best, by the way. Different com conversation. But it, the Harry Kane thing matters around that conversation. And it's a real record. All right. Let's get into it. My favorite segment. I'm going to do this every single Monday. Where MKT was right. Where MKT was wrong. I'm going to tell you where I was right. Where I was wrong. With predictions I've made. Let's get into it. Um, where I was right. England are awful at rugby. What I don't understand is with all those resources and all the things I've mentioned about cultural divergence, genetic divergence, systems, resources, because it means you can get the best coaches in the world, the best administrators in the world. You've got the best training centers in the world. You are stealing rugby players from around the world, Samoans, South Africans, Nigerians. You've got a Nigerian guy as your captain. Right? You've got the great genetic divergence, resources, systems, and you can afford to get the best administrators in the world. You've got no excuse. They're just awful at rugby. It's not their thing. I've said it my entire life. I'm 37. It's been 31 years now where I feel like I'm beating a drum alone. England, awful at rugby. Where I was wrong, can't believe Spurs sold Harry Kane. I didn't believe it until it happened. I just, I'm shocked. Honestly, I thought keep him forever and if he's gonna you know what he, he doesn't like to be a villain I'll, I'll discuss it in a little bit Harry Kane doesn't want to be a villain he was never going to leave for free he would have signed a new deal if you'd backed him into a corner incredible that Daniel Levy folded I, I never thought Daniel Levy would lose a contractual battle to a player Harry Kane is gone Alf Fiedersen he's at Munchen where I was right um, Newcastle are title contenders they've scored five and it should have been ten by the way my boy Harvey Barnes, he's the guy. Uh, Isak was incredible. They've got incredible depth. They probably need a left back. It's one place they're short. Um, I do like Dan Byrne. He's good, but good isn't good enough. If you want to get there, they'll have to improve, improve there. But I was right. Newcastle, title contenders, 23-24. Where I was wrong, Kylian Mbappe back in the mix. PSG have folded. They've discussed with him. It looks like he'll sign a new deal that'll ensure that they get money when he goes to Real Madrid in 20. 25. I thought they would make an example of him. But again, I am skeptical. I think it came from above. 
I think Mr. Macron made a call. You cannot afford to have the French captain not playing and publicly being shamed by the club. Already the fans and the ultras weren't happy with him, with his attitude. You can't have Mbappe against the French fans because remember, he's just been made French captain. Didier Deschamps probably made a call uh, to Macron. Macron played, and again, this is speculation, but but r- billionaires don't just change, right? Billionaires don't just change, and they were already pissed off, and something big must have happened for PSG to change their mind. These are guys that are, they, they do you know, Qatar is the last recognized emir state in the world, so they do not answer to anybody. Somebody must have said something. Kylian Mbappe is back in the mix. Contractually, uh, he will come back and sign till 2025 is the rumor. I was wrong. I didn't think PSG would take him back. Where I was right, Harry Maguire has never been good enough for Man United. He's on his way to West Ham. It's two years late. He's been awful forever. But this is what happens with rich men is, and men in particular, when they ma- when they make a decision men will double down on mistakes women they're great at moving off i mean listen if you know any ladies right how many times does she return shorts a top a bra she doesn't like women have no scum they do not care they'll return it tomorrow they'll return it three times men we double down on mistakes man united doubled down and made him captain that's the worst part not only is he was he never good enough immediately it was clear he wasn't good enough but then you made him captain Massive mistake. I was right. He's never at Man U's level. And when you make him captain, you're setting the standard. And Man United, I think, have made the right call. Uh, where I was wrong, Erling Holland is a hit in the English Premier League. He's incredible. He's incredible. Erling Holland is incredible. I had my doubts. I said, listen, you've got to come here and prove it. Right? He scored two goals in his first game in the season. And my God, he's flying again. He's got everything. He's got everything. He's got pace, power. He'll come short. He's got a superb first touch. He's not like Romelu Lukaku uh, or those bigger strikers. He's a mix between, you know what he is? He's a poor man's Didier Drogba. Because I I still don't think he's got the side to side that Drogba does. And Drogba's obviously got a little more skill. Uh, Drogba would do a a flip-flop here and there. And Drogba had a little bit more flair. But listen, Erling Haaland as a box striker. I'll tell you what he is. He's an upgrade on Ruud van Nistelrooy. Because he's a, he's a, actually, he's an old school number nine who wants to play in the box. It's quite refreshing. You know, with the modern day strikers, we want them to go side to side and, you know, come short, come in, hold up play. Is Erling Haaland's not really interested in that. For a big guy, his hold up play is not actually terrific. What, what he is, is he's in the box, right? He hangs around and, you know, in academy football, what they tell strikers to do is stay between the poles. That's what he does. Erling Haaland, the best in the box, fox in the box I've ever seen. He's he's Ruud van Nistelrooy 2.0, which, by the way, is what you want in a striker. In the box, fox in the box, balls in the back of the net. Erling Haaland, I was wrong. Where I was right, Harvey Barnes is a baller. If you look at my tweets from 2021 uh, MKT Inspires, I said, why aren't Chelsea signing this guy? Why don't England put this guy in? You know why he's so different? He puts chalk on his boots. He stays wide and he gives the wing back and center back, if you're playing three at the back, a massive decision to make. Because you either got to go meet him or stay in the middle for the cross. But he's going to be direct. He's going to be at you. And he's proper. Great composure, great pace, great power. And he's young. He's 25. He's, he's coming into his peak. 
terrific signing by Newcastle. And I've been saying Harvey Barnes. If you know me, Harvey Barnes, baller. I was dead right there. Where I was wrong, Mason Mount left Chelsea. What in the bloody hell is going on with this guy? What is going on in his mind? It's a young team. It's on the up. There's a revolution uh, in terms of how the owners want to do things. And you are part of the fabric. Reese James is going to make captain. You could have been a part of that. You, could have, you would have been vice captain. Whatever happened, one day it'll come out. We know Mason Mount's father is strong in his life. So whatever it may be, it seems his father is a Manchester United fan from what the videos were saying. Now, that's just social media saying that. But they said, we are home. You saw the video. Uh, hey, who knew? Mason Mount wanted to be a Man United guy. He's the new number seven and he left. And I was wrong because I never saw it coming. It blindsided me. And as a Chelsea fan, was I hurt? Absolutely. Dumbstruck. Thunderstruck. I was wrong. Mason Mount. Man United's new number seven. Where I was right, Neymar is a, a generational talent. He's not a generational player and he's not a winning player. I've said this for years. Brazil have made a mistake by making him captain, right? Which is why I believe they haven't won. Because you cannot build culture around talent. You have to build culture around behavior. Because all culture is, is repeated performance as the standard. Whatever the repeated performance and behavior is in life, that's going to be your culture. The rest is icing. Neymar is a talented player, not a winning player. PSG have just realized that and he's off to Saudi Arabia or wherever, where he belongs really. He's a, he's a for the streets player because every time you've asked him to lead, he's failed. At Brazil, at PSG, the only time it's worked was when he was the third option. Messi, Suarez, Neymar. Even in the MSN, he's third. I don't want to hear anything there. He is third in that. And people often say, yes, but what does that really mean? Remember, the, the great thing about Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, when you win, it's you. When you lose, it's you. You've got to go and answer questions. You go to the press conferences. The media write about you. You've got to deal with that whole package. Neymar thought he was that guy because he looks like that guy, but he's not that guy. Don't be fooled by talent. Don't be fooled by talent. I know it's easy. Beautiful people make you, you know, we trust beautiful people more. I get it. He's handsome. He's good looking. He's a marketer's dream, but he's not a winning player. He's a talented player. PSG have eventually realized we built our culture around talent and not character. Selling Thiago Silva was a big mistake because they were on the precipice. It was a big, big mistake. Build a culture around him, not Marquinhos and Neymar and Drexler and all of these guys. It's silly. Build culture around Cafu. Brazil have made a mistake. You build a culture around Dunga. You build a culture around Kaká. People you can rely on. And then you add Ronaldinho to that. And you add Robinho to that. And you add Rivaldo to that. But the backbone is Cafu and Roque Jr. and people like this. And Lucio. That's who you build culture around. Then you win. Neymar, incredible talent, loser of a person and a player. Sorry, hate to break it to you. I know lots of talented people, right? I know lots of talented people that are losers. Talent isn't interesting. Talent is everywhere. Character is impossible to find. You can win with character, right? You can win with character, it's guaranteed. You can't win with talent. 
Not if that is the center of your organization. Get character people and add talent. You need talent to take it to the next level. Of that, there is no doubt. You must have talented people if you want to win big. But they are the icing and not the cake. Neymar, talent, not a winning player. Lastly, where I was wrong, James, uh, Reese James is Chelsea captain. I didn't think it would happen purely because he's not reliable. Right? He's always injured. How do you make your captain a guy who's always injured? But listen, <laughs> I think him and his father sort of PR'd their way into it. I love Reese James. I think he's the best right back in the world when he's playing. Currently. But I don't think you should make a captain somebody who's going to play 30% of your games. I was wrong. Chelsea say, hey, we're all in. And I'll tell you what's going on. All right. I said it a couple of podcasts ago. Is What's happening is that they are buying a squad that's going to age together. Look at the age of the guys they're buying. Chilwell and Reese James are the veterans. At what, 23 and 25, I think they are. So Chelsea are telling you what we're doing. We're investing long-term. We've got Thiago Silva in the house, right? So he can be in the background and mentor. But Reese James, for the next decade, you will lead these guys. They will come and go. Uh, but as the squad ages together, you will be the leader. Like the great John Terry was given the captain's armband, I think, at 23. And we know what happened there. That is where I was right. That is where I was wrong. At MKT Inspires, uh, let me know what you think. Reese James, incredible. Love him as a player. Let's see how it goes. And by the way, Pochettino says he was tired. He wasn't injured. So uh, he did take him off today. Happened with Son, by the way, in the Spurs game as well. If you're a Spurs fan, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Ansh Postokoglu. Doesn't look like he's mucking about that guy. He's, he's hard-nosed Australian. Postokoglu is what? Like Romanian? It's Eastern Bloc, right? It's not Greek, is it? Or Ange, Angelos, yeah, it could be Greek. Whatever he is, he's, he's a tough Australian bastard. I like that. If you're a Spurs fan, you should like that. You should like what you're seeing there. Culture reset, absolutely loved. What's happening with Kieran Dyer, by the way? Or uh, so what's it, Eric Dyer? Doesn't look like he's happy that he wasn't uh, part of the leadership crew. Uh, but that's, again, on the socials. MKT inspires. Let me know, Spurs fans, how are you feeling? Chelsea fans, how are you feeling? And if you support the Premier League... How are you feeling about your team? How are you feeling about the mandate? Very, very interesting times. Very, very interesting times. All right, let's finish off on Array. So Harry Kane, um, Bayern Munich, 100 million pounds, it looks like, plus, And it is a four-year deal. I get it. I get it. You know, I'm 37 now. Let me tell you about a pattern I've seen around me. Again, I come from poverty, so I have lots of crazy stuff that's happened in my family. You know, listen, poverty just puts you near, you know, I guess extreme wealth and extreme poverty. I come from extreme poverty, largely 99.9% of my family is extremely poor by South African standards. So when you are in extreme poverty, some of you may or may not know this, but it puts you at the coalface of the extremes. And, and by the way, it, when you're extremely rich, right, is it just exposes you. Number one, you've got no safe, safety net, so you're already operating off survival. So every situation is escalated. So if you've got a drug addict in your family, like you can't send them to rehab if you're poor. It's just like they're around now. 
they're the crazy uncle who lives at home. Listen, I've lost two uncles to, to drug addiction. So, the, the, you know, I've seen crazy in my life. It's in my life now. You know, if you're poor, generally you are making decisions off a, a rather poor template. Generally, generally, I'm not, you, you know, like people are poor and just having like four kids with three different men. Right. Like that's in my family, by the way. I, I, I'm not making fun of anybody that is in my family <laughs> ad nauseum. I mean, I can't think of the amount of cousins I've just like cut off. Like, no, I'm not giving you money. Stop. You're not a rabbit. <laughs> stop producing. Stop pe- popping babies out. Right. So one thing I've realized about this, though, the reason I'm telling you about poverty is I've realized that competent children who love their families where the family is crazy, poor, whatever, but, or, or doesn't need to be poor, messed up. Those competent children often leave, but they often move far away. Hey? I've met people around the world where when you get into the real stuff, like the family, it's like, yeah, no, I moved away, and you sort of peel the layers back. But here's what's been an interesting pattern to me as I've met competent people who've moved away from their families, even though they love their families. They know their family is a failure, but they love them still. Like, they're your family. They raised you, right? But what you don't want to do, or what these people don't want to do, is they don't want to see their family struggling while they succeed, right? They don't want to be around their family constantly making the same, being in the same cycle of failure while they succeed, right? Because they don't want that polarity for their family, and then their family feels like they've been left behind, and the family knows, trust me, your family knows that when your family screwed up, they know that they're pulling you back. But they know no better and they'd, people hate being left behind. Again, keep it real. You don't want to see your family struggle when you succeed. It's painful. So the best idea is to go and succeed somewhere far away and maybe send some money back, maybe look after them. But whatever's happening, at least you and your partner, your new partner, you don't really want your partner ideally meeting your crazy family. Or That's just what happens, guys. I'm telling you real life. Maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me. Harry Kane made a tough but correct decision. Spurs got 100 million. He's gone far away where he'll win and they won't. He'll win. Spurs won't suffer. They'll watch. You know? In the family WhatsApp group, you know, at a ski resort, while they're doing what they're doing, you and your new partner, in Mauritius, you can send those photos, I'm succeeding, hey, I know you raised me, I want you to be happy for me, but I don't need you around. That's what's happened with Harry. He's going to win, it's far away, so it's not the Premier League where he's punishing Spurs. They got 100 million. So again, if you love your family, you give something back. He made the right call. He made the right call. It's a brutal call, but he made the right call because he deserves to succeed. I, 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 listen, I don't believe anybody deserves anything, but he's a, he's, a, he's a proper player. He'll win doubles, he'll win a treble, and then he'll retire. Because I'll tell you why the Premier League record isn't important for Harry Kane. It would be important if it would change his legacy. But nobody thinks he's better than Henri, Drogba, Aguero, Andy Cole. It doesn't matter. Even if he won, 
even if he came back and he went to Man City and won three titles and won a treble and nobody thinks he's Thierry Henry. Nobody's going to put him in the Cristiano Ronaldo range. Nobody's, maybe he can get into the Shearer conversation, Lineker conversation, be the best English striker of all time. I don't think he's better than Lineker. Um, he might be better than Shearer. I don't think he's better than Andy Cole, but whatever, you know, maybe he can get, but he's not getting into the greatest Premier League striker of all time, right? No one thinks he's Erling Haaland, right? No, I'm sorry. It's not just about how many goals you get. Like I saw Yapsham for one season. Yapsham's the best defender Man United have ever had. Sorry, it's all I needed. Success and accomplishments are not the same thing, but Harry doesn't need the Premier League record. I've never understood that argument because it doesn't change his legacy. He's a Tottenham legend, a Premier League legend. And even if he won three titles, he's not Drogba. He's not Aguero. He's not Henri. He's not. Sorry. He's more Shearer, Van Persie, Andy Cole, Dwight York. He's in that conversation. Rooney. He's in that conversation. Van Persie. You know what I mean? Suarez in that conversation. I believe there are three tiers, right? There's Thierry Henry on his own. He's, he's got his own universe. And I'm just talking about strikers because I know Man United fans go, but what about Cristiano Ronaldo? He wasn't a striker in the Premier League. So there's Thierry. And even then, Thierry Henry is the greatest player in the Premier League history. So Thierry Henry is in his own universe, right? On his own. Then there's Drogba, Aguero, right? For me, in that second universe. Then there's everyone else. So Thierry Henry, untouchable, universe on his own. He's in Valhalla somewhere. Then there's a second universe where Thierry Henry and, uh, sorry, where Didier Drogba and Sergio Aguero live. And then Alan Shearer and Kane and York and Mark Hughes and Robin Van Persie and Luis Suarez. Have at it. You can argue with your uncle, blood in that third tier. That's where Harry Kane is. He, he's not going to ever be Aguero. And he's not Drogba. And he's obviously not Henri. So why does he have to get the Premier League record? For what? Go and win titles. And what I'd say is give yourself a proper crack at the Champions League. And you can always come back and play for West Ham, isn't it? Like, he'll probably get the Premier League record. Because the thing about Harry Kane, not a pace merchant. His physicality means nothing. He's all about timing and technique. Kind of like uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You know how Zlatan could play till 40? Don't you, Zlatan's never been a burner. He, Zlatan obviously is big, strong and physical. But Zlatan's key thing is technique and timing in the box. David Trezeguet played well into his 30s. You know why? Timing in the box. Harry Kane is a timing in the box striker. His physicality means nothing. He, he, he's so slow. My, my dead grandmother is faster than Harry Kane. But his timing, his touch, his movement, different class. So Harry Kane could still come back and break the record, by the way. Because I think he's one of those guys that could play till 39, 38, 38, 39 in the Premier League. So go win a double. You probably win two or three doubles, maybe a treble. Have a proper crack at the Champions League now. Like a proper crack at it. Because that's all he's playing for, right? The Champions League. The rest is nonsense. They're going to win the... The Bundesliga. That's what that that's the reality. That's what Harry Kane's doing right now. 
Because let me tell you something. Legacy matters for masters of their craft. And ladies, happy, for the, happy to hear from you. But let me tell you something about men. Some They will tell you legacy doesn't matter to every man wants to leave something behind. I don't know if it's genetic. I don't know. I've never done the research. I don't know. But men want to build buildings high. They want to uh, scale mountains. They want to have mountains and countries named after them and they'll go to war for it. That's the history of mankind since time immemorial. Harry Kane wants a legacy. The Premier League record's not a legacy. He wants to have a winner's medal. Don't listen to the nonsense. Somebody like that is ruthless. You don't get to Harry Kane's level without being ruthless in life. Particularly play that position. So he can give you kind of like Tom Brady, right? Nice PR, but behind closed doors, trust me, the ego's through the roof. And Harry, you think Harry Kane doesn't know how good he is? Now, I don't know why he's got his brother as his agent. Do you know he's his brother's only client? Like, Harry, what are you doing? What are you doing? That, that made no sense to me. But Harry Kane knows how good he is. And he's given Tottenham every single chance to tell him how good he is. You know, my ex-girlfriend used to say something to me. And I, I think about it often now. I used to say, I love you. And she'd say, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> she said, you like my father. You keep saying you love me, but you don't show me you love me. And th- those words stick with me, you know. And I-, I try and be better at that now. Is Harry Kane saying, yeah, Daniel, you know, you and Tottenham keep saying you love me. But you have to show me. Because ultimately, folks, when you grow up, you are what you do, not what you say. I'm 37 now. I've heard the nonsense. That's why you're not going to catch me doing crazy stuff. You're not going to catch me hanging out with everyone. I tell everyone, 90% of the world is a waste of your time. Find the 10% of people that are going to make you better, more accountable, more driven, more disciplined, whatever it is. I don't care what words you use, but try and find that 10% of the world. It's difficult. It's hard work, but they'll make you accountable. The rest are a waste of your time. Trust me, they're just breathing air. Trust me. It's not a brutal thing to say, it's the truth. You are not what you say, you are what you do. And Harry Kane saying what my ex-girlfriend said, she used to say to me, I can hear what you're saying, but I'm also experiencing what you're doing. You know what I mean? And the two are going to gap up. You know, in, the, in psychology, they say it, all human pain, all right? And it is uh, Nietzschean, actually. Friedrich Nietzsche says all human suffering, right, is the gap between the ideal self and the real self. So who we think we are and what we actually are, the gap, the disparity between those two realities is who you, is is the amount of suffering. So if you can bring what you say closer to what you do or vice versa, right? You're going to be much happier. So I'll say it again. What Tottenham say and what Tottenham do, eventually Harry's like, come on now, guys. How long? How far now? As they say in Niger. So it's the reality. Harry Kane saw it, but he doesn't want to hurt his family. So they got 100 mil. I'm going to win far away. 
so you don't feel the pain. I'll send you videos from the cruise so you guys can see that I'm okay and you guys raise somebody who's doing well. But I'm not getting caught up in saving so-and-so with three baby daddies. That ain't happening. I'm not a part of that. I've seen it my whole life, guys. Trust me. Trust me. Listen, if you in South Africa and you're black, you know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't, don't try and be different here. There's some crazy stuff happening out here. Hey, family's complicated. Harry Kane's finding out. Family's complicated, man. Family's complicated. Human beings. You know, it's been said, life is simple. People are complicated. Harry Kane, just find out. Listen, organizations are just people that have been organized, right? It's just human. It's literally. The organization is just literally organizing people into systems and roles. It's human beings. It's a bunch of human beings. There's manipulation. There's, there, there's, there's human beings. I don't even need to use any other adjectives. All human suffering is the disparity between the ideal self and the real self. And everyone was suffering here. Because Spurs were purporting to be something that they aren't. Because we can hear what they're saying. And Harry's going, Daniel, you said you were going to support me. And buy a left back. And buy a right back. And what, I'm still playing with Emerson Royale. I got Harry Winks last season. What are we doing? And then he saw, what, the big signing is James Madison. Okay, I'm out of here. Like, I like Madison, but there's people paying $110 million for a defensive midfielder across the road. Man City paid $60 million for Calvin Phillips. He can't even make the squad. Man City won the treble and went and got Kovacic and Guardiola. You think Harry Kane doesn't see this? He says, I'm not an idiot. If you've got family, you know what I'm talking about. And Harry Kane, I believe, made a deeply emotional decision. Because he could have waited and gone to Man City. Everybody's saying that. He could have waited. And listen, Daniel Levy isn't going to punish Harry Kane for not signing a new deal. I know what he said. I saw the statement that they had to sell. Daniel Levy's not going to... That's the one guy where Daniel Levy isn't going to punish him for running a deal down. He isn't going to do that because then, then the Tottenham fans are going to seriously, seriously come out and make a stink. They already don't love him. He does not need the pressure of being the guy who guillotined Harry Kane. He, he doesn't need that. He does not need that. But Harry Kane, in the end, saw him for what he is. He saw Tottenham for what they are. And it's, not, it's, not, it's difficult to see your own family for what they are. But it's so much better if you move away, enjoy your success, start a new life, and compartmentalize and view them from a different part of the world. It happens every single day. The biggest loser here, the English Premier League. He's a terrific marksman, a terrific goal scorer, and if you play Fantasy Premier League, obviously, it's a nightmare. I did have him in my fantasy team, but I took him out just in time. Harry Kane. Array. Array. So one more game this week. Uh, Man United, of course, will kick off against Wolves. Uh, I mean, listen. Eric Tenha under pressure. You spent big now. One of the things about, uh, and you know, Frank Lampard found out. Uh, Oli found out. 
I've said it before, you can't buy Premier League titles. You've got to coach your way to titles. You've spent the money now. You've spent the money now. Let's hear it. Quick note on my way out. I like the time added on rule. Um, I just don't understand why they don't do the basketball way of just stopping the clock, by the way. It's like you are in the Western world outside of NBA and the NFL. You are the highest grossing sport in the world. Can you not afford to employ 50 people, right, throughout the season to just stop, use a stopwatch, a digital one, a computer? You have three stopwatches, it's digital, and they're just stopping the clock. That's their only job. Take it out of the refs. You know what? The ref shouldn't even wear a watch. Right? Don't even worry about it. Stockley Park, we're keeping an eye on time. Every time the ball goes out, outside of maybe throw-ins, right? Fouls, you know, VAR, blah, blah, blah. We just stop the clock. It's not that hard. Or even maybe for throw-ins. Although I'm not sure I want 45 minutes of football. You know, the one thing you must never take away is the ebb and flow of the natural game, the stop-start nature um, because when you suspend play a little bit, it, it, it does give us room to inhale and go, oh, bloody hell, yes, come on. You don't want to lose that. That's intrinsically woven into the fabric of what we do. You must remember, we're watching theater. You know, For those of you that aren't obviously on TikTok and being bums and just going to movies because it's uh, Disney that are telling you that superheroes are real and you've got some culture and you go to theater, what do you do at theater, right? They change the stage, right? There's an intermission. By the way, those are two different things. <laughs> but they, they swap the stage, right? The set has to change. And you can kind of see it happening uh, in the dark. And then, boom, they're at a well. Oh, they're at, I don't know, they're at Uber now. They're in San Francisco. So you can see that happening. That, that little suspension in time is important. You know, I, th- I think it's important in the ebb and flow. I don't, I don't want it to be hyper stop and go like rugby. But we can figure out how to, how to take the time out of the ref's hands. Pretty sure we can. All right. Have the time of your lives. Um, I've got an interesting week. Keep training. Um, in the next two weeks, I will be picking up the running. Um, not sure I'll do any running this week. Lots of strength work to do. Uh, if I do, I will post on the Strava. The Strava. Oh, my goodness. The Premier League's back. I, I cannot tell you, you know, as a bachelor, I cannot tell you how important the Premier League is. It's literally the most important thing in the world right now to me. Like my family's great. I know the right thing to say is, oh, my mom and my sister and my dad. Okay, but obviously. Or maybe not obviously. But, but the Premier League is the most important thing in the world. I think we can all agree on that. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show, and for now, I am the hell out of here.